Well, again, we welcome everybody here. And if at any point in time you want me to, in the auditorium, if you want me to speak louder, I, I might possibly be able to, to talk a little louder. If you, you just wave your hand or something, I'll, uh, I'll be able to see a few of you. Today's lesson is part two from Psalm uh, chapter 103. Uh, I don't know if you remember why we came to Psalm 103, but I, I want to remind you is we had looked at Mary's uh, Magnificat is what it's called when she proclaims just this wonderful, glorious praise when she walked into the home of her cousin Elizabeth. And um, well, and she was kind of giving praise to God in response to what Elizabeth had said about the baby leaping in her womb when the Lord, the mother of her Lord came into the room. So it's a, it's a neat thing. And I think Psalm 103 inspired Mary. And I think Mary is just a marvelous example of a humble servant of God who was very aware of all the, the wonderful, kind, and fantastic things God does for those who humble themselves before him. So the encouragement is, is this, is if you want to have a great year, we're going to humble ourselves before God and and exalt his wonderful name. As we lower ourselves, we lift him up. And I apologize. I have uh, come into this room and um, the cat wants to go out. So excuse me, Jeff. And I hope it doesn't come back. <laughs> we don't need that interruption. Um, so let us humble ourselves and exalt God. That's the way for uh, that's the way for us to be happy. So let us just focus on the glorious nature of this psalm. And there's a reason why we can exalt God because of all the great things He has done for us. So, and we're going to consider today why God is so good to us. In Psalm 103, as you as you look there, we last week we went through verses one through fourteen, and I summarized it this way. And this is the first point on the outline for verses one through fourteen: All that is within you will bless the Lord when you remember all His goodness toward you, especially His forgiveness, having your sins wiped away. That is just a wonderful, wonderful, glorious thought. And every time that we think about Jesus and what he has done for us to take our sins away, we should just be giving thanks to God for his wonderful act. He has compassion on us. He has compassion on those who fear him because he knows we are weak. So let us always... Uh, think about ourselves in the proper, uh, with just this proper mindset, good attitude of being humble before God and lowering ourselves. In uh, verse number 14, I'm going to start where we left off last week. And in, in verse number 14, it says this, for he himself knows our frame. He is mindful of that we are but dust. Psalm 103, 14, just a very 
down-to-earth comment and statement reminding us of who we are. We are but dust. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're dirt. Isn't that a crazy thing to say? But, hey, it's, it's the truth. In Genesis chapter 3, verse number 19, that's where this thought comes from. At the very beginning, when God made man, he formed us, fashioned us out of the, the dust of the land. And then in verse chapter 3, verse 19, it says, and this is after the fall, once, uh, once man had, had failed, he had sinned, then it says, by the sweat of your face, you will eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken or you are dust and to dust you shall return. People who are older will recognize the frame, the phrase ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's a phrase from a lot of sermons and it comes from, or excuse me, a lot of funerals and it comes from this verse. We were taken from the dirt, we're formed out of the dirt, and we shall return to the dirt. So we're just dust. We're just here for a little while and then we're gone. We go back to the, to the dirt. That's physically speaking, of course. But verse 15 and 16 goes on to clarify this even a little bit more. Verse number 15 says, as for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so passes over it, it is no more. And so as you think about this, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to switch screens on my, um, on my computer here. And it is going to uh, uh, show a video uh, of a time lapse. And uh, I hope that's working well. And as you watch this video, um, it is, of course, you got a little bit of a flashy light and stuff, but there are plants that are growing up. And these are just wildflowers. The time lapse is from 150 days. And the plants grow, and they're going to grow up, and these are flowering wild flowers and so you're going to see them develop and as you watch this i hope you'll consider your life as as we consider this idea that that life is just our lives as individuals we're just here for a time you see each one of these plants is growing up and as it grows up you start to see some flowers develop and those flowers themselves they don't last forever. Each one of those flowers, uh, soon the petals will fall off and it's just like on a time lapse, they suddenly disappear, but there's always another flower that's growing and taking its place. And every flower in this video is a little bit different. You see some white ones growing, now some blue ones, violet, some pink in the far left and beautiful white, some, with the yellow, white flowers, yellow center, and they keep coming up, and then they go away. And they represent our lives. Now the red ones come, and they disappear, 
and another red one will come and take its place. And our lives are like this. We're, we, we sprout up. Listen to this verse again. Now as you, as you look at that video, it says, As for a man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more. And its place acknowledges it no longer. The wind comes along, blows the petals away. Sometimes it's a mighty wind. Sometimes uh, our lives can experience some great difficulties. But sometimes it's a gentle wind. Sometimes there's even uh, no wind. Even in this greenhouse, the petals fall away. The flower is gone. And another one takes its place. And that previous flower um, is acknowledged no longer. And so it is with our lives. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. James tells us that life is like a vapor that's here today and gone tomorrow. It's like the mist in the morning, like a, a day kind of like today. Perhaps some of you as you're traveling saw maybe a little bit of uh, fog here and there. And that fog is, is there for a bit in the morning, and then sun comes out, and then that's gone. This is our lives. This represents us. And so we consider this, and we think about ourselves. There it is. I'm trying to get back to... Uh, this. Oh, there, I see the button. Finally, I'm back. That's a beautiful, wonderful picture that we just watched. Those flowers developing, they were, they flourished. They were beautiful. But yet it's true that they were just here for a time and then gone. And, and you think about God going through that what how does god look at us does god look at our lives and, and think we're beautiful that we're wonderful that he's that we're flourishing that we're beautiful he certainly wants that but our sins can change that so let us consider the fact that we we are but dust we know our place before god we're just mindful that we're really only dirt. God formed us and he made us beautiful and wonderful, created us in his very image. But yet then that image was, uh, was marred by our sins. And so and that's when God says the dust you'll return. That is the product of the fall is that we will die. There is something glorious that God has done for us. And that is through Jesus Christ. He has offered to us a wonderful gift of eternal life that can be received. Those who fear him and obey his commands and come to Christ and give them their lives, can we can now flourish forever. And though our physical body is here for a time and gone, yet spiritually we can be renewed day by day and actually live life 
eternal. So keep the right mindset. Here we are in this, this new year. Let's humble ourselves before God. Realize physically uh, we're here for a time and gone. And let us consider what will our lives be like? Will we be a flower that blossoms for God? Or will we just be a grass that grows up and is cut and, and cast away and, and is no more? Verse 17 says, But the loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember his precepts to do them. This is a contrast. Verse 17 begins with the word, but. Here we are, we're presented as here for a day and then gone when the wind blows. But God is everlasting. And what is it about God that is particularly mentioned here as everlasting? It is, as the New American Standard puts it, it's his loving kindness. Uh, I know the King James uh, uses the word, I believe, steadfast love. The English Standard Version, the ESV, also uses that idea of steadfast love. And this is one place where I, I will say I, I wish my beloved New American Standard was a little bit different because that idea of steadfast is, I believe, properly embedded in this Hebrew word that is there. It is the steadfast love of the Lord. Uh, there is another translation that says the loyal love of Yahweh. He is loyal. There is faithfulness that is wrapped up into this. We're only here for a time. We're fragile. God knows our frame. We are but dust. But yet God is something wonderful and powerful and faithful all at the same time. He is so good to us. His loving kindness is everlasting to everlasting. It's always there for us. If we will but fear him and obey him, keep his commandments. This, um, this, this concept that we have here is, it conveys, when I hear it, it conveys to me something that, that uh, in the previous verses is like, well, we're here, we're, we're just fragile, we're here for a time, then we're gone. We're really kind of like nobodies. It's kind of like, even though we can flourish and blossom and be a beautiful flower, it's still kind of, we're just temporary, we're simple, and we're gone. In the scheme of eternity, what are we? And it's kind of like, we could think of ourselves as like ants. In comparison to God, we're like ants. Now, ants are pretty cool because they're really strong for their size. But most of us, when we see one in the kitchen, we will... Uh, either take our foot or, or our thumb and just squash it. That's what we think of ants. We don't think of anything but just to, uh, well, if there's somewhere that we don't like them, uh, we just squash them. 
And I think the picture of us being fragile, being but dust, is kind of a picture like that. It is that we're nobodies compared to God, His eternal power and glory and beauty. But God doesn't treat us like ants. The steadfast and loyal love of God, His faithfulness to us is from everlasting to everlasting. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And we think about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. He was willing to suffer and to die and to make a payment, some kind of spiritual payment for us. We deserve death, but he's the one who died. Uh, it's a it's a powerful and wonderful and humbling thought what God has done for us. The loving kindness of God, He's faithful. Even when we were sinners, Christ died for us. And we sit here today and we, we consider that we're, you know, but flowers that kind of grow up and blossom and then the wind blows us away and we're done and somebody else comes and takes our place. That's humbling. And that can leave you uh, wondering, well, what's life all about? What, why are we here? But God gives us the answer. And he says, you're here because I love you and I created you. And even when you turned away from me, I sent my, the very best possible gift, the greatest demonstration of love that could ever be given. I sent my own perfect son to die for you sinners. Why, God? And he says, because I am faithful, I am loyal, and I am filled with loving kindness. The loving kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. It goes to those who fear him. I, I hope that the message rings true for us today, that as we think about the fragility of our lives, if we will know our frame, we will know that we're just with dust and we're here to grow up, maybe blossom, maybe make some big flower in our lives or, or some pretty little flower, maybe do something right somewhere along the way. Still at the end, we're going to die. And we're left to wonder, what's this life been all about? And God is the one who gives us the answer. God is the one who fills us with hope. And there's that song from uh, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, I think, that, that says the steadfast love of the, well, and it's the, the verse. I know the song really well. I know the verse because I know the song. But the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. We have hope in him. He's good to us in so many ways. He has taken our sins and separated them from us just as far as the east is from the west. And he did it through the gift of his own son. He has proven his love for us. There's great reason then that we exalt him. Remember the 
Psalm 103, and this is part of the reason that, that I picked this psalm because it just sounds so much like something that inspired Mary. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He has benefited us so very much. So remember to follow God, to follow Jesus, and to do his will. Will you do that? Remember the steadfast, the loyal love of God, and therefore live for him all your days. Be loyal to him, just like he is to you. Verse 19, we'll finish up here, this, this Psalm 103. Verse 19 says, The Lord has established the throne in his throne in the heavens, and his sovereignty rules over all. He's the powerful one. He's up there. And we have the opportunity to, to bow before him and to bless him. That's a great thing. Verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength. Who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, who serve him, doing his will. So I think his, his armies, his angels, the mighty hosts of heaven, they're all worshiping him. They're all blessing his wonderful name. And therefore, we should do the same. If the mighty angels that have, remember when angels would show up before people, um, they would, the people would faint before angels. They're so powerful. They're so mighty. They're so beautiful and wonderful. They would bow before them. They would be afraid before them. You know. And so if the angels are worshiping him, if they're blessing the name of God, then we also ought to do the same. Verse 22 ends with this. Bless the Lord, all you works of his, in all places of his dominion, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Let even the rocks cry out. Let all of creation declare the glory of God. It does. So let us bless the Lord. And I think if you decide you're going to bless the Lord this year, and you're going to live for God, and that's how you're going to bless God, loving him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, this is going to be the best year of your life. No matter come what may, even if this dumb virus gets worse, you have the opportunity to have your best year ever because you exalt the Lord God. Now, I want to bring this back to Mary again. I want to read her words. I want her to be the example of a life that truly followed uh, this example of blessing the Lord God. So in Luke chapter 1, we're going to read verses 46 through uh, 53. I'll leave out the last couple of verses that draw Israel into this, but I shorten it a little bit. Um, let's read this. And I, I'm going to ask you, will you echo her words? Will you consider her words and hear them and, and desire just to make these your own in your life? This desire, this attitude towards God is that you humble yourself and just exalt him. And Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. 
For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. God will bless those who humble themselves before him. And then as you lift up the name of God, you can rejoice. Mary is filled with joy because she knows uh, the one who has blessed her in so many ways. So I invite you into this life of praise, a life of joy, because you know that your life is just a short, short time. You're just this little flower that grows up and it's gone. But you're going to use that short life to glorify God, to bless his wonderful name, to make God great in this universe. That is what we must do. And that means making God great in our families, in our church, means uh, everything that that I do and touch with my neighbors' lives and all people that I'm in contact with, I want God's name to be magnified. I want God's name to be lifted up. So let us live for him. Let's serve his purpose in our lives. Let's be dedicated to him, not like every living lives like everybody else, but loving him and praising him, blessing his wonderful name. If you want to be a part of that, it's all a decision. Those of you who have been immersed into Christ, you have entered into this life and every day you can learn to, yeah, though we fail, some days are worse than others, but but year, day by day, month by month, year by year, we can be growing in our relationship with Christ and how he uh, is exalted in our lives and magnified in us. He forgives us when we, when we fail, but we're growing in him. And if there's anybody out there who wants to join us in this task of blessing the name of God, making his name great, applying goodness to his name. You know, when people think of Christ, when they think of God, will they think of us and say, God must really be good because I see it in Eric's life and I see it in this other person's life. You, you, you. God is exalted in our lives. Let's do that. If you want to join with us, you can be immersed into Christ and give life, give him your life. Start living for him. Start living like Christ. Christ magnified the name of God. He exalted the Father. He said, I'm just living for him. That's all he did. He exalted the name of the Father. He didn't even exalt himself most of the time. He humbled himself. And so let join us in this. Let us make the name of God great. Let us be good examples of Christ Jesus and share the truth about him wherever we go. If you, anybody out there wants to be immersed into Christ today and have purpose and meaning in your life, to have hope in God, then you need to contact us and let us know, and we will show you the way. This is I, My prayer is that you will do this today. And now we're going to remember Christ Jesus um, and his death on the cross, the great sacrifice for us as we partake of this Lord's table.